0: Now, I've been afraid to let her speak because I'm afraid if I let her speak, every time I get up to preach, you're going to say, put First Lady up there. Hallelujah. No, uh, I thank God for this wonderful lady. We have been married now for 31 years, going on 32 years, in just a few more weeks. But we have been in love for over 40 years or not 40, I wish she was 40, almost, 30, 39, 37, 38. And see, I was 15 and I'm 57 now, 42 years. I have been in love with this wonderful lady. She walked in a youth camp at Wheat State Campground, Augusta, Kansas, in 1981, I believe it was. And my heart was smitten with that little 14-year-old lady. And it has been smitten ever since. Somebody said, I don't believe in love in first sight. Well, I feel sorry for you. Praise God. It was love at first sight for me. And, uh, and I think that God has put our life together. And she has been the greatest teammate, friend, lover, companion that a man could ask for, and on top of all of that, she walks with God. Amen. Amen. She has been bending my ear for days now about what God has put on her heart to speak about, and so we want you to come tonight, First Lady, and let me help you up these stairs. Praise God. I'm even going to get with her as the Lord uses her to speak to us tonight.
1: You can be seated. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not going to preach. (laughs) I'm here tonight because Sister Melody gave me a podcast to listen to. If you don't listen to Kingdom Speaks, I suggest you find it and highly recommend you listen to their podcast. And I got convicted. The podcast was on teaching. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're just going to dive into the word of God and learn. We have lots of scriptures tonight. I hope you have your Bible or a pen and paper to write it down. If you don't and you want a copy of these notes, you're more than welcome to get a copy of these notes. I have to tell you what I have to say is not original. Um, I was first, this thought first was revealed to me and this revelation came to me through an awesome message that Bishop Wilson preached at the Rock Church. And I don't know exactly when it was. I know it was before COVID, but when I went back to find it, I searched and searched and searched and searched and I couldn't find the message. So I called sister Anna Ballinger and I said, um, do you know where this sermon is? Cause she's the one that said, you need to listen to this sermon. Bishop is throwing down. So I did, but she couldn't find it. So after about a week or so, I said, well, I'm just going to go to the source because the only way I know to get a hold of this information. So I text Brother Wilson and said, I want to hear this sermon again. Do you remember the title? Do you remember what time frame you preached it in? How can you help me out? And he did better than that. He sent me some notes. So I said, yes, we're good to go now. Um, These notes are actually a portion of a new book that he is writing. So I would recommend that you buy this book when it comes out. And I believe the title is going to be Basic Theology for Everyone. And this, I'm sure, is just a small portion of the book. So when it comes out, I'll let you know. And perhaps we can get some copies here and it'll be easy for you all to purchase. So let's just dive in. We're going to talk about allowing God's glory to shine through us. And our first scripture I'm counting on the media team to help me out greatly tonight. Is Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Just as the Old Testament sacrifices had to be holy, we are admonished to offer our bodies as a holy sacrifice we have 2nd corinthians 7 and 1 having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god we are to perfect holiness what i want you to get out of this i'm just going to tell you up front Is I want you to see that when God shines through humanity, he will shine through your face. His glory will shine. Sometimes um, when someone is speaking, they don't want to give you that golden nugget that they're talking about till the end. But I want you to know from the very beginning, that's what we're looking for. In 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17... Says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So we see if we defile our bodies, God will destroy us. The Bible admonishes men to lift up holy hands while we as women are admonished by Peter and Paul, to adorn ourselves in modest apparel. So let's look at the definition of modesty. What does it mean to be modest? Unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities or achievements. To be modest is of an amount, rate, or level, relatively moderate, limited, or small. To be modest is dressing or behaving so as to avoid impropriety or indecency, especially to avoid attracting sexual attention. And it means not revealing or emphasizing the figure. Let's, um, they're going to put 1st Timothy 2, 9, and 10 up in the King James Version. But I'm going to read it in the Amplified. First Timothy 2, 9 and 10. Also, I desire that women should adorn themselves modestly and appropriately and sensibly in seemingly apparel, not with elaborate hair arrangement or gold or pearls or expensive clothing, but by doing good deeds, deeds in themselves good and for the good and advantage of those Contacted by them, as befits women who profess reverential fear for and devotion to God. And then we have First Peter three three through five, which says, "Let not yours be the merely external ger- external adorning, with elaborate interweaving and knotting of the hair." the wearing of jewelry, or changes of clothes, but let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart, which with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceable spirit, which is not anxious or wrought up, but very precious in the sight of God. So we are to abstain from producing artificial beauty by wearing... These things, our beauty comes from the inner beauty of being filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, if you don't know the plan of salvation, turn in your Bibles to Acts 2.38 and obey that. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and allow the Lord to infill you with his spirit. Flamboyant outward adornment can obscure true beauty. Jude chapter 1 verse 8 speaks of defiling the flesh. Sorry, I threw a scripture in there that wasn't on my notes. So Jude chapter 1 verse 8. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. This word defile means to color, dye, stain, contaminate, or soil. Humanity is its most beautiful when the glory of God is seen through its transparency. This transparency is contaminated when you put on things of this world, like makeup, tattoos, false eyelashes, fake fingernails, jewelry. You block the glory of God. We must be transparent for God's glory to shine. Let's read 1 Peter 3 3 through 5. Whose outward adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair, and of the wearing of gold. Or of the putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. Which is in the sight of God a great price. So I just read that. And you saw it in the KG, King James Version. I just read it before in the Amplified. And we're reading it again now. One reason for holiness is for God to shine his light through us to this dark world. A good test to see if something is ungodly or unholy. Ask yourselves these questions. And this is taken from 1 John two fifteen and 16. Is it of the lust of the flesh? Is it of the lust of the eyes? Or is it the pride of life? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life conflict with the purpose, purity, and holiness of a Christ-centered life. This present world is built on these three lies, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But this present world and its fashion will pass away, according to 1 Corinthians 7.31. A few of the lies of this world are, number one, Hollywood and the movie industry. It's all made up. It's fictional. The scripts are fictional. The movie sets are fake and photoshopped. It's all just an illusion. Number two, sports stars living extreme lifestyles due to being idolized. Their lifestyle and lives are not the real world. Lie number three, the makeup industry uses lies to market their products. We are made to believe that we need their magic merchandise to truly be gorgeous. Makeup marketers tell us that we need to obscure, hide, cover up blemishes and faults to be pretty. This multi-billion dollar industry is built upon creating discontent with one's appearance, size, or shape. But we know makeup is counterfeit. It's fake. It's made up. It obscures. It's not transparent. This lie began in the Garden of Eden when the serpent seduced Eve into believing the world, that his world, was better than God's world. But we know that there's nothing better than what God creates. Let's look at John 1 and 3. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. So if God didn't make it, it's an illusion. It's a lie. So if we want God's glory to shine through us, we must not create an illusion. We must be transparent. What does it mean to be transparent? Well, let's go back to the dictionary and see what it says. Transparent is of a material or article allowing light to pass through so that the objects behind can be distinctly seen. It is by us being transparent that the world can see Christ. Anything artificial, fake, or dishonest clouds the ability of God shining through us to this wicked, evil, dark world. 1 Peter 2, 9-12 but ye are a royal but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. The New Testament uses two Old Testament women to show the difference between holy and unholy. Sarah and Jezebel. Both were influential, powerful, and attractive. Jezebel was a seducer and is mentioned in Revelations 2 and 20. Sarah was even more beautiful and is mentioned in 1 Peter 3, 5, and 6. What is the difference between these two women? The difference is artificial versus authentic. Jezebel with her artificial relationships and Sarah with her authentic beauty emanating from deep within her submitted soul. Sarah had intrinsic beauty that didn't wipe off. In Jeremiah 4 and 30... We see how useless or vain the adorning of ourselves with the facade of this world can be. So, how do we adorn ourselves? Let's look at Ephesians 4.24. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So adorn yourself with the new man. Colossians three. 10 12 and 14 and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him put on therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved bowels of mercies kindness humbleness of mind meekness long-suffering and above all these things put on charity which is the bond of perfectness Let's look at 1 Timothy 2 9 and 10. In like manner, also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. What could be greater than adorning ourselves with the new man, with mercy, with kindness? with humbleness, with meekness, with long-suffering and charity. What could be greater than adorning ourselves with God's way, with his glory? How do we adorn ourselves with God's glory? We must allow him to shine through us, just as He shone through Moses in the Old Testament. Exodus 34, 29-33. And it came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the Mount, that Moses wist not that his skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them... And Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him. And Moses talked with them. And afterward all the children of Israel came nigh. And he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them. He put a veil on his face. Because the glory of God was shining so greatly through him. So we also see that God's favor is seen in Numbers six twenty-four through 26. And the way that he puts his favor on you is he makes his face to shine upon you. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Furthermore, in 2 Corinthians three eighteen, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. As believers, we need to live and dress in such a way that the unbeliever's eyes are drawn to our face to behold God's glory shining through us. When we dress immodestly, we obscure the beauty of God's glory. When your conversation is impure, you obscure God's glory from shining through you. What does it mean to be immodest? If something is immodest, it's not modest. So it is revealing or emphasizing. It's not limited or small. It's loud and gaudy. The rock star Cindy Lauper, who's saying girls just want to have fun, said, One of my fans told me that my clothes were so loud that they couldn't hear the words of my song. Ladies, are our clothes so loud that others can't see God's glory? What do we want Pueblo to see? Our latest outfit, our newest shoes, our seducing legs, our tight clothes, our impure conversation, our slang words that I hear all the time that get thrown around, gosh, and geez, and some that I won't even say. What do you want this city to see? Do you want them to see God's glory? We have to humble ourselves and say, God, we want your glory to shine through us. We want to please you above all. So, if something is not if something is immodest it's not modest if something is not limited or small it can tend to be loud and gaudy some of those things are overly decorative hosiery I'm not against decorative hosiery but why are you wearing it and some of it is too much Provocative shoes, flashy hair pieces, crazy socks. I'm not talking about happy socks. I'm talking about lace footlets that draw attention to your feet instead of your face. Slits above the knee. So let me give you just three basic, simple guidelines to tell if something is modest. If you have trouble getting into it or out of it, it's more than likely immodest. Immodest. And by the way, this goes to men and women. This next statement I have to say. (laughs) The tighter your clothes are, the fatter you look. (laughs) That's not original with me, so. (laughs) If you, number two. For telling if something is modest. If you have to be careful when you sit down or bend over, it's immodest. And number three, which kind of shocked me because these guidelines to immodesty came off the internet. And, and I didn't plan, you know, for it to all correlate, but it did. Number three was if people look at any part of your body before they look at your face, it is probably immodest. Brother Richard, you can come. So our goal is to let God's glory shine through us. And we see in his word that if he's going to shine through us, I know probably many of you have seen it. When somebody receives the Holy Ghost and their face just glows, just shines. If we want God to shine through us, we have to have people looking at our face, not our shoes, not our hair, not our whatever. So let's all stand. You know, we could go down the clothesline list and say, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, but it's got to be in your heart. And I did do some of that tonight, but it's got to be in your heart. And if it's in your heart, there's not going to be any problems or any questions or any issues. It's just going to come out and it's just going to shine through you in all the years that I've been in Christian Growth Center. I don't think I have had to go to Sister Carla Montez one time and say, um, I don't think you need to wear that or pin up your slit, or your sleeves are too short or anything. I don't think I've ever had to say anything to Sister Carla ever. Because years ago, before Bishop and I ever came, she got a revelation of God's glory. And she had the desire for God to shine through her. And he has for many, 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 many years now. In the court system and the judicial system of Pueblo, God's glory has been shining really bright. And I just want it to shine throughout this whole city. Let's pray. God, we love you, Jesus. We worship you and we honor you. You are truly the most beautiful thing ever, oh God. God. And your beauty is so much greater than the man-made beauty of this world, oh God. We ask for you to shine through us and shine through this church. We believe you, oh God, and we thank you. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: say anything else, just say, oh, oh. time with your hands, lifting your eyes closed, singing with all of your heart to worship you, to worship you, I Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to young ladies. The Bible makes it very clear that when God speaks of men in holiness, men oftentimes, most of the time, their issue with holiness is not appearance. Their issue with holiness is behavior and deeds, conversation, actions, places that they go. And so the Bible addresses men with this expression. I would that all men everywhere would lift up holy hands without wrath or without doubting but when the Bible addresses women in holiness it is adorning it is the face it is the appearance there is much that I feel that uh, has spiritual ramifications because the beauty of the church most often is viewed through the ladies of the church And I think that's why Satan attacks ladies and their appearance so much. While Sister Elder was talking, I thought of a young lady. She's not young anymore. She no longer attends this church, she was in this church when she was a teenager. She's still a wonderful lady. I remember when this lady came to this church as a teenager she had the most beautiful black raven black hair it was gorgeous and when she almost said her name I'm not going to say her name because God may save her I hope he does she would come to church and she would wear her hair down and it, it wasn't just stringing she had it fixed so beautiful curled and, and, and she was so beautiful And I'll never forget when she decided to walk away from God. And I saw her a few months later. She had cut her her hair off. And she tried to make herself up. And I'm telling you, there was no comparison. I didn't tell her this because I don't want to be rude and unkind. If there was some way that I could have told her without her taking it as me being rude or unkind, I would have told her. You were so beautiful. Why did you listen to the lie of Satan? I saw her the other day. Her hair's whacked off. And I thought, surely you are not deceived by the image that Satan has given you. I want to tell you, young lady, something. You are the most beautiful. You ought to hear what I hear. Because they don't know that I'm attached to you many times. And so when I'm walking through airports and I hear people talking. We used to have ski parties every year. And I guess the reason why we don't do it anymore is because I got old and I can't do it like I used to. I still like to ski. And our ladies would make some of the most beautiful ski outfits their dresses because if you can't do it and be holy it's not worth doing they make them out of what do they call that material Uh, Gore-Tex you ought to see some of the Gore-Tex outfits that our ladies have made in this church and I would listen to people while they were skiing down the hill in these beautiful outfits and they'd say is that the latest style Wow, where did they get that? That is absolutely gorgeous. Why? Because there is an attractiveness that ladies want to be a lady. And a man wants to be a man. And we're all created in the image of God. Let's quit listening to the lying deception of Hollywood. And the makeup industry. How many of you know that the base of makeup is potash? And the majority of potash comes from the Dead Sea. What's at the bottom of the Dead Sea? Sodom and Gomorrah. Why would you allow the influence of Sodom and Gomorrah to still be in your life? Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. You don't, you don't need it, sis. You're too beautiful for all of that. I think we ought to give God another high praise for that word that God has spoken to us through First Lady tonight. Can we give him a high praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.